Hey everyone, welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk. It is Friday, September 11. We saw a game four yesterday between the Lakers and the Houston Rockets. And NFL football is officially back. As we saw the Chiefs and Texans go at it. And the Chiefs are winning, obviously. Um... In convincing fashion, so we'll be getting into the games, breaking down some action we saw, what to take away from it. As yep, this will be the first Sunday of football coming up. Obviously, yesterday was a huge win in itself, the game to go off, and for certain things to be talked about, discussed, and we're going to see how things carry over as Sunday. We all get to see some more teams in action. And there was a lot of uh, really cool moments yesterday. Not only on the field, but off the field as well. So, we'll be getting into all that very soon. So, I want to get started by talking about the Lakers and the Rockets Game 4. Now, coming into this game, the Rockets... Obviously needed the win. And you could just sense that James Harden and Russell Westbrook were going to try to do whatever it took to win early on. And what I mean by that is that come out aggressive, hit their shots. And what ended up happening was the opposite. As the Lakers really dominated this game from start to finish never really got close until late in the fourth quarter and that was due to the Lakers just being careless with the with the basketball turning it over and giving Houston a chance actually to close it to like a possession or two at the end but we just saw an effort from the, from the Lakers that was just it was really good for the first three quarters or so and then it wasn't so good afterwards and that's the story of the game is that the Rockets never got into an offensive rhythm the way they were supposed to get into you know they never got the offensive rhythm that they, they, they needed to have and the Lakers took advantage of that early on in this game because for the first three quarters so the Lakers were in complete control of this game. Um, LeBron James was finding, you know, Rondo, KCP, Kuzma. Uh, the Lakers were getting anything they wanted at the basket on the outside. There was no really effort by Houston to change it up. Their offense really sputtered a lot early on in that game. Now Harden obviously is an exceptional player and you would think in this situation that he would find a way to beat the double team and still make the right passes, which he did. The Lakers' strategy against him all series long has been, well, after the first game, was just to really double team him on the pick and rolls, on the switches, really forcing him to drive to the basket and not sell for those three-pointers and it's been working they've been doing it 
in a, in a really interesting way as LeBron has been there, Rondo has tried it, KCP, Danny Green as well. So the Lakers strategy worked early on in this game as they were really getting after Houston shooters. I mean, Tucker and Covington both non-factors in this game. Non-factors in this game. Now, of course, the Rockets world out Daniel House, who apparently may have violated some rule or protocol in the NBA bubble because he was playing exceptionally well for them in this series. But despite that, you know, that didn't really make an impact because Tucker and Covington didn't have a good game. They didn't, they didn't be a factor down the stretch. And as good as Russell Westbrook has been at times during this series, we just know that he can't hit those three-pointers all the time. And Harden had one of his ordinary games, which, you know, it speaks to, one, the Lakers' defense just not letting him get a lot of shot attempts, and two, just him not being able to make an impact all the time on defense. Now, defensive-wise, I mean, they woke up late in that game, like I said. The Lakers kind of got careless. The defense stepped up. So the Houston offense really woke up in that second second half in the fourth quarter, specifically. And Harden is just making the right passes and taking what the defense gives him. And, but the Lakers did a good job on him all game long. I mean, he didn't really have any impact in this game until late. And so, just looking at the overall stats for Lakers, you know, Anthony Davis with 29 points and 12 rebounds, and LeBron with 16 points and 15 rebounds. Lakers won the battle of the boards. A telling stat in this game is that despite the game, despite the lead the Lakers had, how down did they playing, it came down to the Lakers out rebounding Houston. The out rebounding Houston 52 to 30, sorry, not 52 to 36, 52 to 26, excuse me. That is telling for a lot of reasons. Lakers, with those rebounds, were able to get a lot of second chance points. I think the Lakers had 18 second chance points. And Houston may have had like six or seven points. So the Lakers controlled the boards. Um, everybody chipped in, rebounding extremely well, which they don't really do as well at times, and they should do a much better job of that. This matchup itself, the Rockets have all you know a small ball lineup. They don't have a true center, a true guy who can really go over there and snatch their rebounds all the time. Now the guys have the ability to do it. We've seen Harden, Tucker, and do it, but Davis dominated inside. And that's what he has to do. He has to control the rebounds. He's got to be able to make a shot. And he was efficient yesterday in this game. You know, just not being afraid of the of the moment and not being too too passive yesterday. He uh, really brought it in yesterday. And LeBron has shown his ability to obviously be great at times. And I guess for the Lakers, what they really have to take with this game is to finish better because. You know, Davis talked about it, and the Lakers knew it themselves. They really 
were sloppy down to that game. They could have won easily by more points and you know, these missed possessions, these turnovers can come costly when it comes time to play a better better opponent than Houston. I mean the Clippers like that. So Lakers have a lot to clean up. Impressive victory. Obviously they shot the ball extremely well, rebounded the ball. And holding James Harden to 211 shooting is a win in itself. Just not letting him get going, not letting him find him a rhythm offensively is what the Lakers did. And I think that the Lakers are going to try to do the same thing in Game 5. As they're going to try to push Harden a lot, get him to pass the ball up like he did a lot yesterday because he had to. Can guys like P.J. Tucker and Covington step up? Tucker has been a very solid player for the Rockets during this stretch. I sometimes don't like him just because of the way he uh, sometimes his facial expressions in his talk. I don't know. Sometimes I just like, ah, this guy is just something else. But he has been a great player in the NBA. Very solid NBA player for a lot of years. But to see him not have any points yesterday, uh, it's pretty telling of Houston's you know, scoring in this game. He's got to be able to hit shots. they got to be able to get him the ball a little bit, somewhat. Because without the three-point shooting on the outside, the Rockets aren't going to be able to win a game in this series. They did it in game one. The Lakers' defense adjusted. It rotated extremely well. Made you know, life difficult for, for a lot of Houston shooters. And so, you know, the Rockets are down 3-1 now. The Lakers are in full control of the series. They have looked dominant the last three games. And so can Houston find something from these guys? Can Covington and Tucker play well? Because we saw Gordon play well yesterday. Austin Rivers play well, but we know that Austin Rivers can keep that up offensively. So I think on overall, the Rockets just need Westbrook and Harden to be more better early on in in the game. I think in Westbrook's case, he's got to be able to make his impact when it matters more. Because I think that in this game, well, he did have 25 points. I think. The recipe for the Rockets obviously has to be you gotta get shooting from Harden, obviously. You gotta get more shooting from Harden, obviously. He needs more field goal attempts in this game. And usually Harden does shoot a lot of shots in a game, but only having 11 shots is not good enough. And Mike D'Antoni, this comes back to Mike D'Antoni. You're the coach of the Rockets. You've got to be able to get your star player bad opportunities to score. Having Harden bring up the point, bring up the basketball is great at times, and it works. But you got to get Harden in some situations where he can really just attack and not have to do so much. Because it seems like Harden has improved defensively at times. And when he gets the chance to score... It's just more of a... He's just not being able to hit shots. Now, he's had a good series. Not like he has had a good series. He's been able to score 
over 20 a game in the series, but it comes down to, you know, what kind of time in the game it is because the Rockets were, you know, being dealt with early on. And we didn't see Mike D'Antoni try anything new. And now, obviously, yes, he's missing some, missing one player here and there, but he's got to be able to find a way to put guys in give Harden the ability to at least spread out and and, and cut and do those kind of things. So, I look at Mike D'Antoni as the one to blame for the game yesterday because the Lakers just got everything they wanted and there was no adjustment as, you know, Westbrook would take some, take some shots, then it would be Harden taking some shots and guys missed threes. So, Covington, Tucker, these guys have to play much better. In game five, they want to survive. Harden is due for that breakout game. It may happen in game five. But I think the Lakers' defense is the story of this game. Their rebounding and their shooting um, really took this game over. And so, you know, this is Mike Tony's like, last chance. They're in a potential elimination game. They're going to come out probably firing a lot, but... Mike D'Antoni's got to step up and do something, make some adjustments, try to get this team to a win. And Harden and Westbrook, looking at these two, you know, they've been so good all season long when they're on the court together, scoring-wise. Their defense has picked up at times, but has not been consistent from these guys. Has not been consistent the last couple of games. They've allowed the Lakers to really dominate and take over games late. The last couple of games of the big runs that have haven't had by the by the Lakers comes down to their overall defense. Now Houston apparently is supposed to be among one of the best defenses, I think, based on efficiency and rating, based on the stats. I'm not sure about this, but just looking at it overall, you've got to see more energy, more effort. And Tucker needs to bring that. He needs to bring that more so now in Game Five because he didn't have it in Game in Game Four. So this series is probably going to be closing out on Saturday. Um, let's see what the Lakers and Houston Rockets do. I mean, the Rockets obviously down three-one, must-win game. And so I think you're going to see a Rockets team come out firing with threes probably on Sunday or Saturday. I think we're going to see LeBron James probably you know, be bounced back with a better performance. He had a, a decent game. He did the right thing with passes because Caruso had 11 points. Rondo had some points. LeBron's going to keep doing whatever he's doing. The Lakers bench has to keep playing well like this because it's going to come in handy when they play the Clippers in the next series. Western Conference Finals. The Lakers bench has to continue to improve and play play good like they've been playing the last few games. And let's see which bench really steps up in game in game five as you know the Rockets are definitely going to try to come out shooting often in game five. I think Harden is gonna really try to draw a lot of fouls, which he loves to do. So, can the Lakers keep their defense set? Can they control the pace of this game the way they did in Game 4? 
they do that, then the Lakers will definitely close this out in five. Alright, so now I want to get into the season opener that we saw Thursday night. The Chiefs and the Texans, a rematch from the divisional playoff game last year. As that game was really, really interesting as the Chiefs were down 24 to nothing. They ended up scoring, I think, 31 straight or 40 something straight before the Texans answered in that game and so looking at the offseason with both teams Mahomes be getting paid the big biggest contract in NFL history Deshaun Watson being locked up for another four years Bill O'Brien doing whatever Bill O'Brien does making questionable decisions and trades and so this game yesterday obviously with a lot of things in place as players before the game stood for a moment of unity uh, for the fight of equality and race. And we saw some players with some, uh, you know, T-shirts with slogans on their back about, you know, ending racism and fighting for equality. So it was great to see both teams really bring that message out and use their platform. And I think we're going to see more demonstrations and, and meaningful words. On Sunday, but this game in itself um, was a victory to have it in the first place. As you know, we did see a lot of good action and some not so good action on the field. As we know that players didn't get a whole lot of time to have preseason games or practice and stuff. So, you know, we got to see a game yesterday that was really, really good um, in many ways. Obviously, the score. Chiefs winning 34 to 20 in a pretty impressive fashion. As this game, um, you know, both teams kind of went three now in their first possessions um, before Houston uh, struck first with a uh, nice drive in that game. As David Johnson scored a rushing touchdown, and he was probably the lone star for the Houston Texans last night. As they did, you know, strike first in that game, and you know, just looking at how the rest of the game went, the Chiefs ended up scoring 17 straight points. After that, as Mahomes and that offense was so prolific and and explosive and efficient, they beat you in a variety of ways, and so the Texans. What they try to do differently in this game compared to the divisional playoff game last year was that they attempted to play a lot of zone coverage. They didn't want to give up the big play to the Chiefs. That's what really burned them a lot in that playoff game as Texas tried to play a lot of zone defense and kind of mix it up so they couldn't, they wanted to keep the Chiefs in front of them, the receivers. So. The Texans, you know, tried to use that strategy with a new defensive coordinator, and the Chiefs just beat them underneath a lot. And that's, you know, that's the way the Chiefs play. Their offense is so skilled, and Andy Reid is so, um, so smart in terms of how to get the right thing. So they beat the Chiefs, or the Chiefs beat the Texans with a lot of intermediate throws, 
And the Chiefs uh, used their new toy and Clyde uh, Edwards Hilaire, um, running back of LSU, their first round draft pick, he had a very impressive performance on the ground as he really put it on um, this game. The Chiefs rushed the ball a lot. They controlled time of possession in this game. Um, they had the ball for a lengthy amount of time in this game. And they took advantage of their scoring opportunities. Uh, you saw Mahomes making some really good throws. was pressured a couple of times, but he got the ball out in the backfield a couple of times. Kelsey was doing what Kelsey does usually and making catches in the middle of the field. And so you saw the Chiefs look pretty much efficient after early stretch in the, fourth, in the first quarter. And they were finding their touch early on. They didn't have any problems scoring. As a couple of their scoring drives went 11 plays, 75 yards, 16 plays, 86 yards. Um, they just never seemed to, you know, get too um, stopped by the Texans. Now, obviously, with Houston's defense, you know, they were on the field for a long period of time. And one of those reasons they were on pretty for a long time is that the Texas offense really couldn't find anything going early on. So Sean Watson was playing okay, but he couldn't really find a rhythm. And this is what happens when you trade someone like DeAndre Hopkins and other guys have to step up and score. They're not able to do that when it matters the most. And so you know, the Chiefs scored 17 straight points. They scored 17 straight points and... Chiefs started this game deferring the kickoff, so Houston, you know, took them a while to score offensively, and then they scored that touchdown, but after that, I mean, the Chiefs just beat them, running the football, with Clyde Hilaire, and, you know, he had over 100 yards rushing, a touchdown as well, which was really nice to see, as the Chiefs really put it on the Texans, they beat them throughout the air. Then uh, running game-wise, I mean, the Chiefs were um, really didn't miss a beat. You know, obviously they missed Damian Williams, and he's a great guy. He's taking care of his family, and you hope that you know he's going to be there next season. And so, but they had, you know, they drafted Edwards Hilaire for this reason, and they put him out there, and he played extremely well between the tackles. He was running the football. The offensive line protected Deshaun, sorry, offensive line protected Mahomes really well. As we saw the Chiefs just really pass block and run block really, really well most of the night. They didn't really give up too many sacks um, at all. And if they play like this, then you know they're hard to beat because if you, if you try to beat them playing zone coverage or man-to-man, I mean, it's just not going to work. So... I mean, they tried different coverages at Mahomes, but Mahomes was just efficient. You know, he didn't turn the ball over. Had three touchdown passes. Um, you know, one to Kelsey, Robinson, Watkins, I believe. And so, the Chiefs just were too good. They were too good overall in this game. And the Texans, obviously, with Watson and the offensive line... They struggled a bit yesterday with the Chiefs' pass rush. 
Uh, Watson was pressured a lot, I would say, throughout the game as he really tried to make some plays, but he wasn't really able to run and get out of the pocket as much. They kept him contained most of the game. And just looking at Bill O'Brien and the adjustments that he tried to make, it didn't really work in the game. It was more it was more of an effort. Like late in the game they woke up because the Chiefs had scored, I believe, thirty one points straight. Um, after that score by the Texans and that's what happens with the Chiefs and, te- and Texans know really really well they had that lead in the game last year and then it disappeared so in this case the Texans were never really into this game it got out of hand uh, quickly I thought that would be closer and it wasn't that way um, until the Texans finally put some points on the board late in this game as Watson did lead a couple of drives, but by then it was too late. As you know, he scored a rushing touchdown and threw another touchdown pass. So, like the Texans found their offense late in this game, um, but Watson to begin that fourth quarter, you know, he had a uh, he was pressured on one of these passes and it was an interception, which led to a Chiefs you know Chiefs score. So you know, Watson, uh, exceptional guy happy for him as he's got his money and you know he, he has a lot riding on his back obviously in this team they just couldn't find what, what what worked in their offense until late in this game and now you hope that at least they finish a little bit better than they're, they're supposed to finish and you just hope that they are able to put something together much better against the Baltimore Ravens next week at home but the story of this game was Mahomes being efficient, Chiefs not missing a beat. Uh, Spagnuolo does a lot of credit for the defensive looks that he, you know, threw at Houston's way. Bill Bryant really didn't have an answer until late in this game. And for the Texans wide receivers, I mean, Stills had a decent game. Fuller had a decent game, but not enough production from these guys. Um, not enough production. Not enough offensive output, and as great as Watson is, he's gonna need more from his receivers. Dave Johnson was a lone bright spot. Uh, he played well yesterday. Can he keep it up? Remains to be seen. As this offense is gonna have a new feel to it. Randall Cobb hopefully will emerge as a more of a consistent catching threat for the Houston Texans. But overall, we saw a good game. Uh, the Chiefs you know, fully put it on the way we thought they were going to put it on. They had this ability to score points and play great defense. Um, so this game was pretty much you know, a factor of that is that the Chiefs paced themselves to be ahead in this game. And when they're ahead, they're, when they're ahead they really have a way of playing some good defense. Kind of laying off a little bit. So you saw Houston get some offense and they're late, but overall the Chiefs are built to make it back to the Super Bowl. The only team that stands in their way is Baltimore and maybe another team um, in the AFC, but Chiefs are the favorites for a lot of different reasons, and if they keep playing this way, then they're going to really make it back to the playoffs and then to the Super Bowl. So...
overall a good game I would say from the viewpoint that we know that a lot of things are going to be um, determined and happening as we go along as the weather gets colder and games get more and more played just pray and hope that all players get proper testing and are safe and don't you know don't, don't get any kind of symptoms or anything of COVID we pray for that I think that with the games coming up this Sunday, we're going to see more demonstrations of, of you know, togethers and unity by players and coaches. Um, the viewing experience of the game was interesting. The Chiefs did have fans in the stadiums. Not the, you know, the usual crazy amount of fans, but you know, a certain percentage of fans were at the game wearing masks and covers. So Andy Reid and coaches wearing shield and masks. So... You know, players are definitely adjusting to this. Players and coaches are definitely, you know, feeling it out, seeing how it goes. And, you know, having the game itself yesterday was, was great to see. I think we're going to see some more action, more better action from the games this weekend. Um, I'm looking forward to some really good matchups to break down. As you will see the Bucks and the Saints go at it in the evening. Sunday evening, you got the Cowboys at the Rams Sunday night. Giants Monday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got the Jets going to Buffalo. So there's a lot of good games on the schedule this week, and we just hope that everything goes as planned. We have great, good things to talk about and more action to see. So looking forward to breaking down some more action and more games, and then the days to come. Um, think we're going to see a level of uh, excellence from a lot of teams. Now, of course, we should expect to see some kind of sloppy play from, from some teams, obviously because of the lack of time to practice and stuff. So, you know, some of these games might be high scoring, some of these might be low scoring. So we should expect all of that. That's the beauty of the NFL is that you know, we get any team has a chance to win a game on a Sunday and... I think this coming Sunday, there's a lot of great matchups to to really watch and key in on. And so definitely check those games out. I may preview some games maybe today, later on, in another episode. Um, if not able to, then definitely enjoy the games that are going to be coming on ES, um, you know, ESPN, Fox, CBS, NBC. Um, and a lot more storylines to come as... And for week one is on on his way.